Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Identity thefts, all kinds of ways to protect yourself online. I mean, if you haven't been a victim of it or someone in your family or close to you, just wait, because I have a sad feeling it might happen. But we're going to try to give you a few key tools to protect yourself from identity theft, any compromise online for your accounts. Joining us today on behalf of AARP Wisconsin is Courtney Anclam. She's a senior program specialist with AARP. And, you know, Courtney, quite honestly, the idea of identity theft, uh, protecting our online accounts, we talk about it a lot. Unfortunately, that doesn't stop it from happening. And it is causing people a tremendous amount of angst, especially at this time of the year when we're working with our taxes and trying to get those uh, filings in. Give me a little sense on how you've seen this project, this uh, avenue explode when it comes to the AARP members that you're working with. Yeah. So like you mentioned right now, with um, it being tax season, we're seeing kind of an uptick in people's um, concern and stuff like that, um, which is which is valid because um, scammers like to Im- impersonate uh, organizations like the IRS and they're going to try to contact you by phone or email and they're going to pressure you to give um, your personal information or to send them money. And so this is something that uh, right now is an issue, but kind of throughout the year we see this uh, being a problem all of the time. You know, sometimes I think people go to those individual instances where maybe somebody was approached through a phone call, suddenly ended up divulging personal information that they shouldn't have. You're much more aware of criminals that target our social security and things like that, accounts that we would assume are pretty secure. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so... The way that scammers do this is they will, um, like I said, they'll contact you and they'll say, they'll pretend it to be from the Social Security Administration. And because they're saying, you know, I'm calling from Social Security or I'm calling from the IRS, we want to trust them because those are organizations that generally we should and could trust. And so they're preying on our our trust there and they're assuming we're not going to be wary of these people. And so... They don't necessarily have to, you know, attack our account per se, um, but they are they are targeting us and they're relying on us to give them information and to tell them our social security number um, or to send them checks and stuff like that. So um, these people are are professional criminals. It is their job to get us to give them information. Um, And so, like I said, they don't necessarily have to attack, like, the infrastructure. They're just going to try to talk to us and make friends with us so that we give them what they're looking for. You know, this makes my stomach just turn, not so much for myself, but I think about my mom on the farm, uh, you know, doesn't have, doesn't do really anything online. But if somebody called and gave her credentials, even if they're fake, I'm afraid she'd listen. Is Is this what you see happening, Courtney? Most definitely, yeah. And, you know, you talk about your your mom, but we also need to think about our other neighbors and our 
our colleagues, everyone that we know, because this affects um, this can affect everyone. And in fact, the Federal Trade Commission um, in the last year has logged about 985,000 reports of imposter scams, which is kind of the the umbrella term we use to talk about the Social Security and IRS um, schemes. Um, and people lost over 2.3 billion dollars. So. Um, this is, and that, I mean, that's nationwide. When we look at Wisconsin specifically, um, you know, the number comes down to about 13,000 reports of these scams, but that's still, you know, not an insignificant number of reports. And that's, that's just the ones that get reported. Um, and what we see, uh, when we kind of look further into this data is, uh, younger people are actually reporting losing money to fraud more often than older people. But when older people do report uh, financial loss, the the median of that loss is much higher. So, um, you know, like I said, I appreciate that you're talking about your your mom being contacted by phone, but we also need to think about, you know, our nieces and nephews or maybe our own children um, being contacted in all kinds of ways, um, phone, email, social media. Um, some scammers will even use, you know, like snail mail. But I definitely think that phone is kind of, you know, the, the common thread across a lot of these generational um, fraud instances. Oh, absolutely. If you're just joining us, this is Courtney Anclam. She is a senior program specialist with AARP Wisconsin. They're here to help you get the tools that you need to not only protect yourself, your accounts, your family, your extended uh, family, from this kind of uh, imposter scam, but just to have good peace of mind on how you are trying to take care of business, maybe online. Uh, again, if you are curious about any of this, I encourage you to go to their website. That's aarp.org backslash Wisconsin. All right, Courtney, you've scared me enough now. Let's talk a little bit about what we can do to try to protect ourselves with this. What do you do if you give your information or money to these criminals? What should we be prepared for? Yeah, so um, I guess to take it back just one step, um, just your best line of defense is to be wary always, which I know is really unfortunate, but just especially if you get some kind of unsolicited contact with um, a sense of urgency and they're asking for money or information. So let's say... um, you know, you do give money, um, you know, maybe it's somebody posing as a charity or it's somebody pretending to be the IRS and they say you owe money and you're like, oh, I don't want to owe money to the IRS. Nobody does. Um, you know, and you send money by um, check or you give them your credit card or debit card number or you even give them your banking information. Your first step should be to contact your financial institution or credit card company. Make sure you can get those um you know, payments stopped and accounts closed as necessary. Um, And then if you give sensitive information, something like your social security number or something like that, definitely consider freezing your credit report. Um, So this makes it so that um, people other than you cannot open a line of credit in your name. So that's, you know, taking out a loan in your name, opening a credit card, whatever. it does also make it so that you have to lift the freeze when you're ready to do those things, but it keeps your identity safe. So you can do that by contacting each of the three credit bureaus, and that is that is totally free. And aside from 
contacting financial institutions or freezing your credits, you're also going to want to report this crime. Right. Yep, exactly. Now let's talk a bit about how we can mitigate this completely. I mean, if it's a phone call, obviously many of us are aware when it's not a number you recognize, could be spam, that type of thing. But what about those emails that we get? What are some of the triggers we should watch out for in emails? So with an email, it's a little bit trickier, um, I feel like, because you can't just ignore an email potentially in the same way you can just not answer the phone. Um, so if you get an email and it seems a little bit off, some things to check for would be if the body of the email is kind of written with poor grammar and punctuation and the spelling is off, um, if they address it as something like dear customer instead of using your name, um, if you can't find contact information for the organization anywhere in the email, that's usually kind of a red flag. Um, you know, legitimate businesses and organizations are going to want you to call or know where they're located. And one big thing that is really easy to overlook is to always check the email address that this message is coming from. So a lot of the time, um, scammers will impersonate uh, organizations, companies, uh, government agencies, and they'll use email addresses that look like they could be kind of close. So it could come from an email address at um, Amazon.com or Amazon with an M at the end so that your I just kind of like, it looks like it says Amazon and you're like, okay, yeah, that's legit. Um, so just whenever you're getting an email that is telling you about an issue with your account or asking for money or information, always double check the sender's email address and really scrutinize it closely to make sure that it is an email address that you would expect it to be. Courtney Ann Clems along with us. She is with AARP Wisconsin, one of their senior program specialists. And we're f focused in on really trying to protect your identity, trying to make sure that if you're doing online transactions, that they are secure and safe and avoiding the possibility of a scam. Courtney, what other resources are available out there for people that want to try to educate themselves and make sure that they're aware of the risk? Yeah, so we're going to have a blog post on our website at aarp.org slash wi, and that's going to list there a bunch of information. Um, you know, I mentioned reporting. I'll have some links of organizations that you can go to, um, but I will also link to our fraud website, uh, which is aarp.org slash fraudwatchnetwork, and that website is free. It's available for everyone to use. We have articles there about all of these different kind of scams I've mentioned. You know, we've we've touched on a lot of different issues and we've only really kind of skimmed the surface on them. A lot of these are, you know, there's more complex instances and there's kind of some more, you know, intricacies to some of these. So um, you can read articles about all those kinds of scams. You can find um, a place to sign up for what we call watchdog alerts, which are emails that you get every other week. Um, and they're just like topical scams to kind of keep this stuff top of mind. And we do also have a helpline uh, phone number that is listed on the website. And you can call that helpline. Again, it is free. You can either just talk about your experience if something kind of, uh, kind of rattled you, but you didn't necessarily give money or information. But they can also help with next steps if something has been compromised and you've been the victim of a scam. 
And finally, on that website, we do also have information about a new program we've launched that is a free peer-facilitated support groups for people that have been affected by scams. So if you've been victimized, um, you know, it can kind of feel isolating. There's a lot of guilt and, and shame that comes along with it, unfortunately, even though, like I said, this happens happens to anyone and everyone. Um, but we have these support groups where you can kind of talk about the emotional impact of what you've been through. And you can do those, um, you know, just by yourself, or you can bring trusted family members along as well. So again, all of those resources on our Fraud, uh, Fraud Watch Network website, and that will be linked on our our AARP Wisconsin website at aarp.org slash WI. Excellent. Yeah, wonderful resources that are at your fingertips, literally, folks, whether you're a member of AARP or not. Great organization, I'm happy to say. I'm a card carrier myself. Courtney Anclam, our guest today, Senior Program Specialist with AARP Wisconsin. Like she said, that blog will be going up soon with some great resources that you can share with others. Use yourself to protect yourself from scams and fraud. AARP.org backslash WI.